Cleveland Outdoors Radio. We're back. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brett Amundsen. In the summer of 2014, uh, I spent an evening driving towards a lake in the Alexandria, Minnesota area. My passenger was Ray Howell. I had heard of Ray before, but had never met him. And as we started our drive, I asked Ray to tell me the story of how kicking bear camps got its start. We pulled up to the lake and sat in the truck for at least... I don't know, another 15 minutes before I could leave because I was too interested in hearing the rest of this story. It's a great story, and Ray joins us now here on Northland Outdoors Radio. Thanks for coming on the show once again. Oh, you're welcome. I uh, enjoy being here. An accomplished bow hunter, creator of Kicking Bear Camps. Let's start with you. You didn't come from uh, necessarily from a family that hunted or fished, did you? No, no. Uh, I When I was five years old, I, I had a the most awesome dad in the world and my mom was just incredible and we were full of joy and fun because uh we had a family and and dad would come home from work and we would tear it up and have a blast and and on weekends we got to have dad to ourselves he didn't have to go to work and uh everything was uh really pretty cool and, and mom was great but there was just something special about dad and uh he'd come home from work and it would be just tackling and fun and you know, uh, I was in a hallway, and my dad looked at my mom one day and said, I'm leaving. And I never heard his voice like that, not that it was anything uh, loud or, or violent. It's just what he said. It went right through me, and I ran out the front door of the, the house and hit up into the back seat of the car. And uh, it wasn't very long, and they found me. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't want my dad going without me. And, I, and they were pulling me out of the car, and I'm screaming. Dad, don't go, don't go, don't go without me. And, you know, um, I'm on the ground. I'm being held down. My dad gets in the car, and he's a different person. I, it's like somebody I didn't know. It was just a nightmare. And, and drives out of the driveway, and down the road he went. And, you know, the worst part about what happened that day was uh, not seeing my dad again. But he, we all stood at the window waiting for Dad to come home, and he never came back home. And, and our lives really changed. It was a dark cloud. So in my life, there was trouble and, and things were upside down. And so I didn't get to really do the outdoor stuff. My grandpa and my grandma came from La Crosse, Wisconsin to Flint, Michigan and picked us up. And my grandpa, you know, he was an awesome man. He uh, treated me like somebody and he became my father figure. And uh, just, I got to school and he was there for me and, and we didn't do a lot of things in the outdoors, but uh, I got to go fishing and stuff. And uh, at the age of uh, 12 years old, I knew my grandpa was sick. Uh, I found out that he had a stomach cancer. And, you know, I thought my grandpa was gonna get better because he's a big, tough guy. And you know something, he just kept getting sicker and sicker. Next thing you know, he was in the hospital and I was visiting him in the hospital, still thinking he was gonna get better. And then one day I went to the hospital, he wouldn't let me in the room because my grandpa passed away. So <laughs> there I am twice, <laughs> twice in my life that I had a man that I loved very much that really cared about me, I felt, and I was gone. And uh, uh, you know, from that point forward, my life really changed. You know, there was, uh, a lot of darkness came into our family. My mom and grandma were confused. The The leader of the household was gone, and, and there was bills and there was problems. And 
for me, going to school, you know, uh, there was bullies, and there was uh, going out for sports. I didn't have anybody when I failed to put their hand on my back and say, hey, uh, we'll, we'll do it together next time. It wasn't like that at all. It was uh, uh, handling the world by yourself. Uh, and uh, so with kids picking on you and things that were going on, I started hanging around with the wrong kids. And not at the time not thinking that because those kids, too, had the same problems that I had. And instead of going to school, I started skipping school. I started started uh, hanging out, uh, uh, sleeping on the beaches and hanging around with the, uh, the kids that were partying. And next thing you know, I'm right in the middle of doing all that stuff right along with them. And I didn't know it at the time. I, I was on a I was on a path of destruction. And at the time, it was it wasn't too bad. I didn't have any responsibilities. I didn't have to listen to anybody. I didn't have to worry about schoolwork or nothing. And you know. Uh, uh, it just got to the point where I wasn't doing anything except what I wanted to do. And uh, the one day I went home to see my mom and my grandma, um, there was a strange man in the house with a few other people. And as soon as I walked in the door, and I don't know how they knew I was going to be there that day, but as soon as I walked in the door, that man looked at me and pointed at the chair and he said, Ray, you sit down. And <laughs> from that time on, my freedom was gone. And they sat right there and told me, said, Ray, uh, you're out of control. So is your brothers and sisters, so we have new homes for you. And they marched us right out the door, and uh, the one car went the one way, and I went the other. And I went on a farm where there was five other boys, and it was a work farm. And every morning we got up, I milked cows. I went to school smelling like a cow, and I came home and I milked cows. I absolutely hated it, not because of any other reason that the people didn't care about me. They were there, they were there to make me work, and uh, that's how I felt. And, uh, you know, it was like being in a prison. There was no bars or no walls or, or barbed wire or anything, but it, I was in it, and I couldn't get out of it. And one day the school bus pulled up to the school, and uh, all the kids went into the school, and I went the other way. I ran away. <laughs> I went down by my friends uh, that I was hanging out with, and everything went back to normal for about probably about two weeks, and then I got caught. And uh, the police picked me up, and for truancy, they give you three days off of school. Well, my three days were spent in jail. And I'm, and you, I'm talking about a 13, 14-year-old kid in jail. And for what reason? Because he didn't have a, a father figure in his life or somebody to grab a hold of him and tell him to straighten out when he needed to be straightened out. And, you know... Uh, it took me back to, after three days, it took me back to the foster home, and, and I went to start all over again, milking cows, going to school. I didn't get to go hunting or fishing, didn't get to do nothing. It was terrible, and uh, it was working all the time. I ran away five times, and I kept running away. And the fifth time I ran away, I seen my mom, and I went and gave her a hug and talked to her for a minute. And you know something? I wasn't even out of the house, and the, and the police caught me. And they took me and put me in the back of the squad car, and they're taking me to jail again. And I'm thinking, so how did I get caught so quick? And then I realized it was my mom that probably called the police. And at that point, it was probably the lowest of lows in my life, because now I absolutely have nobody. Nobody in my life that cares about me whatsoever. I am a kid on my own. I don't have brothers and sisters. I don't have a dad. don't have a grandma. 
grandpa, and I don't have a mom that cares. My mom did that for my own good. I know that now. But back then it wasn't like that. So they took me to jail that day, and I am so down in the dumps. I have never been so down in my life. And uh, uh, I sat in jail that night, and I uncontrollably crying. I knelt down and prayed to a God I didn't know at the time. And I said, God, please put somebody in my life that uh, no matter what happens would never leave me. I was tired of the rejection. I was tired of uh, being on my own, and, and uh, I was tired of, uh, of living the life I was living with uh, people not caring about me and not having anybody. And, you know, uh, that to me back then was just wishful thinking because in three days' time, the probation officer, who was a walking nightmare to me, was going to come through that door. He was going to say the exact words I heard before, come on, Ray, i got to take you home. So the third day, I am so down in the dumps, depressed. I don't care if I lived or died. To be honest with you, it was that bad. I had made my mind up that when I got in the car to go back to the foster home, the first stop sign that I got up to, I'm going to jump out of the car and take off running, and I'm going to head to the big cities or someplace else where nobody knows me, and I'm not going to be in this life anymore. And I didn't care at that point what happened to me. I just knew I wasn't going to live the way I was, I was living. And so the, the third morning was there, and I remembered eating uh, uh, this cornflakes and the worst taste of coffee I ever had. It was just <laughs> terrible. Maybe it was just the situation I was in. But I sat down on this metal bench, and when I sat there, I was eating that stuff, and there was a different magazine that I hadn't seen sitting on that bench, and it was a hunting magazine. And I opened that thing up, and for the first time in a three days' time, I was taken out of where I was at and looking at these hunting stories and, and moose and bear and all these critters. And these people got to hunt these things. And they got to go to Canada and Africa and Alaska. And I'm thinking, to myself, are these places real? Do people really get to do this stuff? And then I thought, well, it ain't for me because I'm going to run away. And just then, that door opened up, and there it is. <laughs> the walking nightmare and the exact words I wanted to hear. Come on, Ray, i got to take you home. And I'm going to tell you what, you want to talk about being the lowest of lows in life and not caring? That's where I was at. Ray Howell, our guest here on Northland Outdoors Radio. What turned things around for Ray? We'll find out next. Plus, where did the nickname Kicking Bear come from? It's all on the way on Northland Outdoors Radio. LandRadar.com is a website to remember. Find the most extensive information about potlatch land at LandRadar.com. And right now, LandRadar.com has a northern Minnesota game farm for sale. Over 1,000 acres of fields and forest land, a lodge, five cabins, kennels, and an expansive home on the lake. Ideal habitat for deer, bear, and upland birds. Or just enjoy hiking, horseback riding, or on ATVs. To learn more, call 866-403-LAND. Visit LandRadar.com, a part of Close Converse Properties. Hey, anglers, looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life? Look no further than the famous waters of Lake of the Woods. From Bedette and the Rainy River to the main lake up to the Northwest Angle. Here, you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state. Maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon, pike, or muskies. Plus, you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats, delicious meals, and lots of Minnesota nice. Come experience the walleye capital of the world. Come experience Lake of the Woods. Catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. You're listening to Northland Outdoors Radio.